So this is pretty wild. This is not our traditional music that we do. Uh, this is actually something that Dante, my son, created in art college. Oh, that's amazing. So he did this, uh, he did this music thing, uh, which I'm very excited about. So, so Dante is here. Well, Dante is here in spirit. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be here for our next podcast. So I guess let me introduce myself real quick. Um, I am Did Your Host, Guide, and Sometimes Provocateur. <laughs> and welcome to the 21st episode of So There's That, the podcast. Ooh. And we have a special co-host today who's already jumped in. I was hoping I could do what I usually do, <laughs> which is talk and talk and talk and have you wait, but you jumped in immediately, so that's great. Um, Anna, who I used to work with back in the day at a company called Rocket Fuel. Yeah. Hi. Um, so, yeah. So, welcome. You want to give yourself a little uh, intro for the folks in Europe who listen? Because we're, I don't know if you know this, we are popular. This podcast is popular in the UK. That... We actually made the homepage uh, of iTunes for podcasts. We were in the uh, What's Hot and What's New. We were on the homepage in one of the featured slots. That is awesome. So we actually have a little bit of a, uh, I'm a minor celebrity in the UK. <laughs> now I get to ride those cocktails, right? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you uh, do. But hi. Yeah. Uh, like Didge said, we met probably like four years ago now, four or five years ago. I know, but uh, tell them who you are. Like, well, it's important to know the context too, okay, right? I know, I know. <laughs> um, but oh, I'm, and hey, I'm sorry. Edge the cat Edge is here. We knew the shadow was going to hang out with us. So we've got all kinds of people in this podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is our second co-host, and and just for the folks who have have missed Shadow, she has become very bossy in the interim, and uh, <laughs> and I may need to I need may need to pause this um, to say, <laughs> um, because I don't mind her hanging out, but she's just gonna meow and be distracting and annoy me. So I, I'm gonna so hang on one second. We'll be right back, and we're back, and the cat has been moved back into the bedroom. Um, I shared with her the food she was eating previously and seemed to be enjoying. <laughs> uh, but Anna, you were talking about um, how we met uh, originally, how we knew each other yeah. uh, a little bit. So do you want to dive back into that or have you completely lost Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So we met about four years ago uh, at work. And so I'm Anna. I've, I guess I consider myself a New Yorker now. I've been here about six years. I live in Brooklyn yeah. and I'm sure we're going to dive into a lot of this, but uh, I feel like that's... Four years now. It had to have been more than four years. Maybe it was five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was about a year after I moved here. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But so being here, just being here that long, though, it's shifted a lot of how I perceive things and accept things and all of that good stuff that we'll really dive into. But yeah, um, I work in data technology and I'm a geek, so that's a big part of who I am. It's not just where do I work. Um, and really excited to be here. Super interested. Just really met back up with Dig about a month ago. Yeah, um, a yeah. month into this transition, which is or a year into this transition, year which into is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. have so much to share. I'm really excited. Yeah, no, so, I am. So I am very excited. Here. I'm also excited to be interacting with someone else on the podcast because the last yeah. couple I've been doing solo, and it feels more like monologues. Yeah, and it's interesting, but I like not knowing where a conversation is going to go mm -hmm. and ending up somewhere that you never expected. And you trigger all of these fascinating memories. And that's a sort of storytelling yeah. that I really enjoy. 
Um, I should say that, um, you know, we were co-workers for a while, you know, for a year or two years, however long it was, Mm -hmm. um, and worked on a lot of fun projects and and have a lot of (laughs) stories in and of itself on that side. But I always loved how much you dug data, like that you could go into that and because I love doing it, but you just would like, you could just kind of put your earbuds in and, and come in and come back with these fascinating insights, which I just, I absolutely loved. And I hate to do this, but I have to bring up your tattoos because you have some of the coolest tattoos ever. So can you talk about the, the number based awesomeness that you have, um, etched into your body? I definitely will. But what I first want to say is I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits did because we were for everyone listening there's a beautiful mind wall in this apartment <laughs> yes, there is. it always exists in any office and i love that so much and that's one of my fondest memories because same thing i have always dug how just like persistent you are and amazing at getting projects done and it was just fun to work in the same place but yep. that whole just visualizing things on a grand scale and the data thing i think it all goes together well i mean it's but. interesting so anna we're doing this for my apartment in in Stytown in manhattan uh and this is the first time anna's been to the apartment and she walked in i walked i'm like oh she's like oh this is i love this i love that blah 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 and then she's like yep i remember those <laughs> and it's the sheets of paper that i have taped to the wall and I've gone through four or five different types of tape to figure oh. out what type of tape is not going to leave a mark yeah. on the wall. Because for whatever reason, I could use packing tape mm. at my house in Maryland and it wouldn't leave a mark. And here you have to like try to scrub it off and all tape. these different things. <laughs> yeah. So I finally found masking tape. So yes, I have the projects I'm working on at work, this specific podcast and then I have Christmas break coming, and I'm actually going to be off for two weeks, which I've yes. like never done in my life before. That's huge. <laughs> and uh, and I think I may want to start writing again, be it be it a a guide to being transgender and mm-hmm. for other folk, um, or a, or fiction or fiction where you have a character who happens to be transgender as the protagonist, sort of thing. So that's that's part of what I've been have yeah. been throwing up on the wall. And I'll um, say, I knew Dej for the first book that you published. So it's this really nice parallel. Yes. We met just a couple of months before you Yeah, I did that. a cat memoir um, <laughs> on a previous cat. And uh, yes, at some point we will, we will get into that. <laughs> um, it actually didn't get published, published. Um, I was going through a, no, 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 I thank you. Thank you. But it's actually, it's, no, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of ours, Michael, um, and I talked to him about, I thought maybe I would want to get back in and tweak that book and see if I could get it, get it published because I had a lot of online fans, yeah, cat, yeah. crazy cat people Tons. who, who loved it, who loved it, thought it was funny, enjoyable, all these different things. And so I was just trying to figure out, is there a path to get this thing published? Yeah. And, and he's like, no, that's your second <laughs> book, right? Your first book is what you're living. And, yeah, and that's yeah. actually the reason I'm doing the podcast. Is because he said, um, yes, you should write a book because you're mm-hmm. you're a really good writer and 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 I think you can you can speak to this in a way that other people um, might not be able to just yeah. just in your perspective on it. Uh, and he goes, but the first thing you have to do is you have to start a podcast. You have to, you have to be able to market yourself so people care about the book. And oh, so I started asking people, I'm like, hey, so what do you think about a podcast? And mm-hmm. everyone was like, well, you're a good talker. Right. And so I'm like, well, I guess I am a good talker. And that was what led to me doing the podcast. 
and the podcast had been has been so enjoyable that I didn't feel the need to write anymore. You know, it's so interesting. I, I mean, it's only been a month since we reconnected, but I envision the podcast almost as like your note taking. So it's like, obviously, there's planning that goes into a podcast, but it's so much easier. It seems to take sort of bites or chunks at a time and just record it from an audio perspective that can eventually turn into a book. Well, and, and it's fun because when you're having this interaction, yeah. the other person starts asking questions. So I did, I did a podcast on, on electrolysis mm-hmm. and I did a podcast on hormones and I did a podcast on each of these sort of things. So yes, the chapters mm-hmm. of this sort of, cause it's a mixture of memoir. It's a mixture of what the experience is like and, yeah. and the terminology and sort of what's going on. And anyone who's interested in this topic, it's hopefully it would be funny and, and enjoyable and informative, but yes, that's sort of that concept. And I'm trying to, in my head, this is what the beautiful mind sheets of paper are. Is like, yeah, what are the chapter yeah. headings, and what is the amusing sort of, you know, not gay, not dying of cancer, which is what I've dubbed when I came out to people because I came out when I was 48. Yeah. And when you're 48 and say I need to have a conversation with you, I have something to share with you, you are either coming out as gay or you're dying of cancer. And so very quickly I learned not gay, not dying of cancer. And then people would just stare at me blankly. Like, I don't know what's left. What else is left? Like, go ahead. Surprise me. This is awesome. So we were going to talk about your tattoos. Okay. So the tattoos. Yes. They've probably even multiplied since. (laughs) They're always, it's like little mathematical. They change and we add on. But um, yeah, a couple are super data based. Um, I have a statistical formula on my left wrist. And I learned, it's the statistics. And I know we're losing listeners left and right, but I think this is absolutely fascinating. Welcome to my yeah. life. It's like people say hi and I lose them after 30 seconds. But um, statistical probability formula for white noise, which for me is double meaning. It was my first tattoo. Um, I actually got it a week after I broke up with my first serious boyfriend. Ooh. Um, part of that was symbolic, but it's more, I love the idea of balance. And as I get more and more tattoos, it's interesting because they almost always are on a whim. Um, but when I look back at them and, you know, reflect on them, they always have this kind of common theme and that's balance and just kind of hitting an equilibrium. So let me ask you a question about the white noise. Yeah. Is the, is that white noise the same as the static that you get on the radio? Mm-hmm. Because that's the, that's the echo of the big bang, right? Yes, it's I go the big bang. See? And that's the whole thing. So white noise is by definition, you know how when you audio it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. So white noise I'm using I'm using audacity right now. I'm watching the exactly. waves. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So white noise would be if we were perfectly combating those waves in their perfect opposite. And that's when you get white noise, it's when you're exactly canceling out a distinct piece of audio with a combating opposite piece of audio. So it's perfect equilibrium but you you hear yeah Yeah. big bang is see this is why we get along this is why we get along this is awesome (laughs) so now we have three listeners left (laughs) yes we have three listeners left but but they're they're the dedicated fans yeah and and the people who are doing who are watching the video podcast those folks are still around yes yeah because they pay a premium to be able so you should probably show your your tattoo gotcha right for the for the folks so how do i do that so so they can see that you can just point at the camera that's right over there oh so did surprise me with this too. She said she was going to. So here's, I don't know, maybe we, well, I'll go through the story and then maybe yeah. I'll do like a. Yeah. I can have um, Dante edit these in later. We'll just, it'll be like a sort of in shot. So I do have to keep my posture up then is what you're yes. saying. Yeah. Oh, I have horrible <laughs> posture right now. So I better look good. So. 
Um, but so, yeah, the white noise is also, I always tell people it was, it's still a huge reminder of humility for me because I learned this formula in a statistics class in college. And I always say I've never worked so hard at something, but still performed so miserably. <laughs> and so it's a really important thing to always keep in mind. Like you have to stay humble, especially in New York. I feel like there are so so many opportunities for literally like every little thing that you might ever do so it's easy to choose something that you're really good at and comes easily but there's so much out there that well but talk about humble i know exactly what you're talking about i mean i'm 50 and i'm transitioning and yeah. every day every week i'm learning something new my current thing is what do i wear yeah. as shoes when it snows Oh. Because last winter, when I first started my transition, you know, when I first started to live full-time as female, I had a car. And it only like, snowed much last year, right? So you mm -hmm. just, if it's snow, you know, it's not a big deal. But I am now walking, I don't own a car anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so the boots I have right now, I don't think they're snow boots. And I don't know what's <laughs> good on ice. And I don't know what doesn't soak through. And so I'm, again, it's all these things. And I'm asking people, I'm like, so what do you wear? What kind of shoes? They're like, oh, okay, I do this thing. And, you know, this fur so thing that you tie up and <laughs> stuff like that. But it's fascinating because I will run meetings. I will run projects. I will do all these different things. Mm -hmm. And, but then 10 minutes later, I'm sitting down with someone. I'm like, so leggings, let's talk about leggings or whatever, right? <laughs> it's some sort of makeup, yeah, actually. Yeah. Makeup is the piece that I'm working on now because... I've done, I know mascara, and I'm doing various types of, of lip uh, uh, pigments and things uh -huh. like that, so they last a little bit longer than lipstick, and now I'm doing tinted moisturizer. Okay. And the next thing I want to do is eyeliner. So you I go to Sephora, and I'm like, <laughs> ding, ding, but it's one step at a time, and yeah. they're like, so which ones do you like to use? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a complete idiot. Teach me. Yeah. But yes, it is so humbling, because you just walk in there, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything. So I know exactly, Yes what you're talking about. I love the beauty of what you just said too. And this is really a tangent, but I feel like it's important. I'm going to say it really quickly. Oh no, this, this podcast is all about tangents. It's so important. Unless it's just me. Then it's not about <laughs> tangents. Well, then so. it's just one big tangent, right? It has to be. Well, no, it's just weird because I just, I sort of keep a more, I can tell stories, but I don't okay. get interrupted and get tossed like white oh, noise. Oh, right. <laughs> you tossed white noise into this conversation. Yeah. And I love that yeah. because it's not something I ever would have talked about, even though I'm fascinated when I found out that the radio static was, was connected to the Big Bang. Yeah. And so to like beautiful. the start of everything. And how awesome is that? Yeah. Uh, totally lost my train of thought. Oh, no, no, no. So I love that you just said you it's such an important part of humility but when you don't know something you just say you don't know it and that is one of my favorite things about people i've found the people that i connect with and that i really love and that i empathize with and can have fun around it's because it's just that simple a bit like if you don't know something just say it the number of meetings i've been in where i'm happy to be the dumb person yeah and i go i'm sorry i have no idea what you're talking about and in the last three or four jobs I've been working in, I've had people come to me afterwards thanking me yeah, exactly. for asking the dumb question. Because you make other people smarter by doing it too. Because right? no one wants to look stupid. And I'm yeah. like, I'm happy to look stupid. Yep. Like I, that's how I learn. <laughs> and what's funny is when you ask and sometimes you realize the person who said it doesn't understand what they're talking about either. Right. And it's just something they heard. It's, <laughs> it's just, just to awkward. me, it's joyful. It is so <laughs> joyful to do that and be like, look, I, you know, I have people who in my life 
who are brilliant at what they do, but they might not understand the internet or they might not understand computers or they might Mm -hmm. not understand the program we're using right now. But that doesn't mean that they're not intelligent people. It's just, we all have the places that we're smart in. So yes. So I love, yes. And I think that's why we all continue to get together later is because we all think the same way and we're all fascinated by life and we're fascinated by information and by Mm -hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. Right. We always yeah. want to learn. And the some of the friends of mine or people I've known in my life who when they turn 50, they just stop thinking. They stop growing. They stop asking questions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why don't we do the stuff like the way we used to? And I'm like, but this is fun. You know, you don't know how the story's going to end. How awesome is that? This is yeah. I'm excited. You know, we both have Apple watches <laughs> here. And actually, so I was going to ask you about this later. Yeah. Um, but you and a mutual friend... Uh, engage in in a game that <laughs> what that, a nice way of putting it right <laughs> we and, did it and, today <laughs> we did it today um i have you afterwards you're gonna have to show me how to do it because i yeah. can't figure out how to open up the program but i will be in a in a really important meeting with like really important people and my and you know the apple watch has a thing called haptics where it sort of taps you when uh-huh. you get an alert yeah and you'll get something and you'll tap it and someone else who's drawn on their apple watch <laughs> what they draw uh-huh. shows up on my watch yeah and so i get drawings of hairy penises <laughs> all sent the time. to me <laughs> periodically and and crude crude right but but it just it, it you have to start laughing i mean you just like no matter what's going on in your life you just have to start laughing can you tell me the genesis of this or is this yes. something we're just going to cut out uh later on no this is going to be amazing because it's actually also so Another mutual friend that Dij and I have, Mike, who yes. we also met at Rocket Fuel, he is the only other person I know who has an Apple Watch. So the beauty of this sort of Pictionary sharing that Dij just described, um, the beauty or the fault, whatever you want to call it, you can only share that with someone else who has a watch. So it honestly... <laughs> so when <laughs> Mike and I... <laughs> You, see, you didn't think guess. I was going to bring this up for the podcast, right? <laughs> I, I said perfect. I'm going to throw some curveballs at you. And you're like, really? So? Yeah, this one. Hmm. So when Mike and I met again, uh, yeah. yeah. When we met again together, it was, oh, there's another Apple Watch part of the posse, whatever you want to call it. And Mike and I were like, well, it did. Um, immediate initiation. <laughs> How we've been sharing with each other is just sending dick pic drawings back and forth, usually when we're in the same room because it's like a party (laughs) and everybody wants to do it. We did it at brunch today. And Mike actually said at brunch today, "Um, you know what? I don't don't know how Dij is feeling about my dick pic drawings because I'm sending him a bunch, but I'm not getting any back. (laughs) I literally don't know how to... How to send. Oh, that's so perfect. Right? So so, so will, afterwards, after we do the podcast, do you're going to show me how to do this. But it's sort of like the old Snapchat in that it, yeah. you see it get drawn and then it disappears. It goes away. Yeah. Sort of thing. And so, yes. But there's just, there's nothing. There's and a little nuance. Mike sends them during the day. Like during <laughs> meeting time. Sort of thing. So you're in a meeting and you yeah. think it's like Slack is sending you an yeah. update or nope. someone's texting you or whatever. And you see it and then you know what's coming. <laughs> So to speak. You see Mike or Anna and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what it is? It was, (laughs) all I can describe it is, is the stereotype of boys. Because my brother was with me when I went, so I knew I wanted an Apple Watch. I like buying new technology uh, to be a part of the testing process, really. Mm -hmm. I love 
being a part of that small community who's willing to invest in whatever kind of brand new technology just to be able to like a not even a b test it but beta test it and see you know what's working what isn't what do we anticipate is going to come out in the next version and i also like when it comes from apple have yeah. you read the what's it uh, john johnny ives the there's a, the new yorker piece where they I talk about know. the design process that they go through and they have their own machine shop so when oh, they do the new iphone when they do the watch when they do all these different things mm-hmm. everything they they they're able to create a prototype yeah. of what they want in the shop as they're talking about it oh, and then they'll do 20 crazy. different sizes each off like it's like a tenth of a millimeter difference in each size sort of thing and then everyone walks around with it to see like is this right is this right and they're just going through the whole thing with the apple watch and how the crown Mm -hmm. is part of a watch it's what represents a watch and why the crown of the watch is not centered why it's it's and i i will send this i will share this with you um and i may actually even share this uh in the write-up of the podcast so people can read it but it's fascinating because because they put so much thought into every single product and the products may not work or it may not be great or it may not but there's so much thought put into it that i enjoy playing around with it so like when the ipad Agreed. came out and it got trashed mm-hmm. i remember sitting there going okay i'm not getting what steve jobs thinks this is yet mm-hmm. i don't because people were complaining that you it didn't you couldn't put like a usb thing into it the memory and blah 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 and I now, obviously, all of society understands what he intended. Right. This was not a inherently a work device. It was a couch device. Mm-hmm. And it meant that you were away from work. The reason he did the demo in a chair. Yeah. Right? Instead of standing, like, standing up like he usually did, he wanted to show what this product could mean. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen pictures of him, he was devastated afterwards because he just, he realized people didn't get it. They mm-hmm. just didn't get what he was trying to do. And obviously we do not. So yes, this is this is the sort of stuff that Anna and I do for fun. Geek out on right? So is we geek hard. out on so much different <laughs> stuff. So you can imagine what meetings with us are like. We lose um, people, but it's yes. amazing because yeah. what comes out of it is incredible. Yeah. But I will say the dick pic drawings <laughs> originated with my brother, who's a year younger than me, and who I'm very very fortunate. He's my best friend. Uh, we have an amazing relationship, and I value it so much. Uh, but that was the first thing he said to me. He was like, yeah, at that drawing feature, they're just gonna like, you know, he says, obviously Apple's monitoring this and they're, they're capturing this data. It's like (laughs) 95% of the drawings are like, they're just going to be dicks. Did they not know that? (laughs) So it was like, it, it was so funny because I had because the commercial's the heart, right? They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to, you know, Hey, here's, here's my heartbeat and I'm going to draw a picture of a heart. So sweet. And then. I hadn't thought about that, but apparently Mike, that was his first thought too. So my brother and I meet up with Mike at a party and instantly they just look at each other. Joe was like, dick pics? Mike's like, obviously. <laughs> so that's where it was born. Yeah. yeah. So so yes, we will both send uh, pics to, uh, <laughs> to Mike after we're done. So I, I do want to talk about your other tattoo. Yes. You have the other tattoo, which I love. Is that, I'm sorry, is that the one you talked about? No, you talked about the other I one. I talked about this one because okay. I started right. chronologically. So again, those and on the I video like podcast will be able to tell the difference between the two. So, yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll hold them up close. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but so on my other arm, 
I have a tattoo that actually it's built upon itself. It started out as the tattoo artist laughed at me when I showed him a quote squiggly line that I wanted on my arm, but it is, this also is from my rocket fuel days or like where I first got really interested in hype cycle. So like the hype cycle curve and hype cycle theory is something that is relatively new. I'm talking like 1993, 1995, maybe, but like a published academic idea. Well, everyone knows about hype cycle. Come on. But for for those of the listeners who don't know about it, you want to explain what it means? I will because it perfectly goes along with my tattoo. So I always tell people that ask me, you know, what I also didn't realize before I got tattoos is when you have them, everyone you meet asks you about them. And I feel like that's something nobody tells you because so like not a dick pic. That's probably not the way to go with the tattoo. Is that the? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but people will still ask. Be like, yeah. what, is, is that what I think it is? Why did you get that? And it's so funny because it's almost like that celebrity thing. If you put something on your body and it's publicly visible, it all of a sudden is public domain. So people feel like they can ask you about it. So for anyone who gets something super personal tattooed onto them, it's not personal anymore because other people can suddenly see it. But anyway, tangent. But so people ask me about this tattoo all the time. And so I tell them, oh, it's my 90 second just uh, like speech or lesson that I have constantly tattooed. And the idea is it is the line that represents a graph. So you can see where the x-axis would be and the y-axis would be. And the axes are visibility uh, on the y-axis and time on the x-axis. And what Hype Cycle says is it describes when a new invention hits the marketplace. So it was really institutionalized because of technology, because of how quickly technology evolves and gets introduced to a market. Um, but what it says is... Like, I think we iPhone... just lost our last listener. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> please, please, keep going. Um, the iPhone is a great example. The Apple Watch is a great example, too. Um, because the idea is... Technology is introduced. The first curve in the graph, it shoots way up because when something's brand new, there's a ton of hype, a lot of visibility, a lot of people are talking about it. But then that technology gets introduced, that beta version or version A, like we were just talking about, and inevitably it has bugs and it's not fully built out. Like it can't be. You have right. to put yes. something into the market yes. that has space to grow and can breathe and you can't work on something for 15 well, years. Well, and it's what Apple has has brought to the table of yeah. it's going to be the next one and then it's going to be version two. Yeah. Then it's going to be version three. And we've accepted that. Yeah. And that's why Apple has always impressed me because they introduced micropayments that, mm-hmm. in a way that people were accepting that they didn't do on computers. It was always freeware or shareware. No one ever paid for anything, but Mm -hmm. they were able to do that with the app store. And they did get us into, here's the iPhone 2, here's the iPhone 3, here's the iPhone 4, here's the iPad 2, here's the next Apple. So people are, I feel like they broke the cycle of it as opposed to being 2015 or 2016, Yeah. right? Because because Microsoft would only release it when they sort of had to. Yeah. Like every four or five years, and Apple hit a cadence of it's like, here's the new version. We're going to show you all the awesome shit that we've added to it, right? Whether you need it or not. And you yes. probably don't. I'm actually going to create sort of this fabricated demand or fabricated need. Yeah. Well, I mean, the six, the iPhone 6 is the first new iPhone I didn't get. Hmm. Um, the advantage, though, is I have two kids. So mm-hmm. I would pass the iPhones down oh, the chain right. sort yeah. of thing. So when their phones started to not work so well because it was sort of the third generation, uh, I could justify you know, buying, buying the new one. Yeah. So what, what, what iPhone are you on now? I'm on the six. Do you like the six? I do. I love it. But I'm a big Instagram girl. So. Oh no, I do have the six. I'm an idiot. I do have the six. I don't have the six plus. Or the the plus or success. Yeah. 
Okay. That's the newest yes. version. Yeah, I so I had to. I felt like I had to get the six because I updated the iOS on my. Five, I don't. I think I had a five. So I had skipped a generation. I didn't get the five S. Right. Um, and then I went to upgrade the software on my five, and it completely messed up my camera. Oh, Just okay. like lag, terrible. Well, and you take a lot of lot of Instagram photos mm-hmm. of outdoors. Yeah. In the park with your brother. Mm-hmm. A lot of really cool park photos. And then you also take them out of windows of high, <laughs> right? High skyscrapers. That's my, those are my So things. even when we had sort of lost touch, I was still, I, I love your, like your black and white photos and, oh, and, and stuff like that. Um, which actually ties into something else I was going to talk about. Um, I, unless I'm interrupting cause I have yeah. a horrible thing. Going. But, um, for, for those of you, um, who are Facebook fans of, of this page, hmm. uh, of this podcast, um, or not, but I finally posted pictures of myself. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and it's facebooks.com uh, slash typing monquette, I want to say. It's, it's been a while since, yes, facebook.com slash typing monquette uh, <laughs> is our Facebook page. Um, and if you go there and like it, you'll be able to see photos of me. But that was part of this, was trying to get up the courage, number one, mm-hmm. to show a photo. Because yeah. there was this Caitlyn Jenner Vanity Fair aspect to that first photo that you show is who you are for a lot of people, especially on Facebook, people yeah. who you are probably never going to see again or see only in passing. That picture is their visual representation of who you are. For better or for worse, right? For better or for worse. And that's why that's it took it. me forever. Number one, I wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. doing photos. And then once I was starting to be comfortable doing photos, people were like, no, no, you're prettier than that. No, 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 I don't like that angle. No, 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 that's not the right side. No, 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 you need to do it closer. No, 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 you need to do it farther away. So we, that's actually when we had connected. I was your, I asked you to take pictures. Yep. And little does Didge know, we're doing a photo shoot after this podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> we absolutely are. Well, not, no, thinking. not today. Cause I haven't, I have electrolysis tomorrow. So well, I'm a little, um, okay, that's less, fair. less pretty, we can talk uh, about today, that, but, but yes, okay. we will, we will. And we'll do like the black and white and the sepia tones yeah. in central parks. Or Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll do, yeah. we'll do all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is like the old days. Uh, we're about 30 minutes in. Uh, and we're only at the update section. <laughs> um, so I'm going to call an audible and jump into um, into a few other things before we get into the topic du jour. And I think I'm going to move the 50th birthday party, which I had. I'm going to move that into the topic du jour. But so we have talked about Apple Watch and penis drawings, which I have <laughs> literally on my rundown that I printed out. But I did want to talk about bathrooms, right? Because we talked yes. about this a little bit beforehand. We did. So when I first started to transition, I struggled a lot with sort of bathrooms and what bathrooms. And so again, you know, I lived in Maryland, had a house, so you just, you don't tend to go all that far and you, you kind of plan your trips around bathrooms at this point. And then I found, oh, there is, uh, there's the family bathrooms, mm-hmm. right? Which have now sort of become the gender neutral bathrooms. Right. But that was the safe place to go to. And as I started to present more and more female, but people didn't necessarily, I was viewed as, as sort of a bloke in a dress for a while when I first started that transition and people weren't kind of sure. I mean, I've now been on hormones for 16 months yeah. and I, I think my face has changed and my body certainly has changed. 
And I present a lot more female than I did before. But during that process, it was difficult because it wasn't so much that I wanted to use the women's room as much as I didn't want to use the men's room anymore. I didn't feel comfortable Mm. being in there. And that's part of this transition process that I go through. And then, so I did, you know, the, the family bathrooms, family bathrooms, and then you know, this summer I made a lot more progress once I moved up to New York. I'm, you know, I've been presenting as female uh, for, I guess, 11 months now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, no one noticed because I would wear women's jeans and I would wear a women's t-shirt and a hoodie. And I didn't have much of a chest at that point. And so I kind of looked like an aging Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> uh, and, and as my body started to change... And as I started to wear my hair down and, and really people started to read me as transgender, like mm-hmm. legitimately transgender, sort of not as a queen, not as that, but just as like, oh, okay, I get what's going on. And yeah. then now where I'm, I'm viewed more as female, oh, okay, transgender, it's sort of that's the order now, yeah. I started to use women's bathrooms. And, and in Maryland, and I think in Virginia, it was okay that like if you were presenting as female, if you're transgender there was protections under the law. So mm-hmm. I was able to do that and that was cool. And when I moved up to New York, it was a little bit different. And I was actually at a Jimmy Buffett concert and I had to wait in line to use the bathroom. And <laughs> everyone was fine with me being in line. I'm like, okay, hey, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. And so in the beginning, it was terrifying. Cause like I didn't, I was afraid someone might say something. I was afraid that I might offend somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that that is a place of safety, right? That yeah. does need to be safe. And I didn't want to intrude. It's just... I didn't feel comfortable walking past the urinals, in yeah. the, then they didn't want me in there, sort yeah. of thing. So now I'm totally comfortable with it. No one, you know, I keep my head down. I don't, I'm not bombastic, <laughs> shall we say. And I sit, which as you have a brother, as a, as a guy, you don't sit most of the time, right. you know? And this is what I, I was actually hesitant to talk about this, but these are the sorts of things I talk about transitioning and I think would go in the book, is when you are used to peeing standing up and number two, I guess, when sitting down, you're not used to just peeing when you sit down. (laughs) And you, after 40 plus years of muscle memory, it literally took me six to eight months to retrain muscle control that's super interesting when i sat down and i mean for a while it's just like okay so am i do women just kind of do both every time because it's just it was weird and i had other stuff go so it was just yeah. like this was and i'm now used to it i now sort of understand it and i sort of understand that women chit chat sometimes <laughs> like as a guy you're allowed to chit chat at the urinals but you don't chit chat when you're sitting down that's just like no no, 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 no. There is no chatting. There, there is no one else here. I'm just going to do what I do and then I'm going to leave. And so the number of conversations that go on now. That's not normal of, for all women though either. Some of us are like, do not talk to me. That's weird. Well, no, it's not random people, but it's just sort of like when you go in, I've had business yeah. conversations in the bathroom, which yeah. I didn't start. I didn't start them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, there's this, it's awesome because you've been accepted, right? You're, you've yeah. been accepted by people you know and by strangers. Mm-hmm. And that's really awesome. But this is um, because I've been married. My now ex-wife used to holler about the seat being up, right? Uh-huh. Sort of the seat up, seat down sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get that now. But there was a whole thing with the kids of like peeing on the seat. 
Mm -hmm. right? So having gone into bathrooms, guy bathrooms, like guys will periodically pee on the seat. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, yeah, but women, that's going to be totally different, right? Like, that, like that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then I start going in. And humans are animals. Oh, my God. All of us. I, I, so, yes, you go into a women's room and, and there's pee Everywhere. on the seat. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait, I, I'm, I don't have the plumbing. You know, I'm considering getting the plumbing, but yeah. I don't have the plumbing. I don't thought, I didn't think that's how this works. And so apparently I've asked people, and this is, again, I ask very, very long questions here. Yeah. So apparently women will, we some hover. women will hover. <laughs> yeah. And then just pee all over the place. Which is perpetuating the problem. Yes. You don't want to sit because there's pee. Exactly. But if you hover, there's more pee. So it makes it. So pre-transition, I assumed that this sort of peeing on the seat was purely a guy thing, but apparently it's human nature. That yeah. it's just, but yeah. So, so is this something that is like a like you learn this from using public bathrooms? That this is what, uh, my mom, or is it a me. modern thing, or is it a? My like mother a, taught me when I was probably five years old. Whenever I was old enough that she, I was too big for her to hold me, literally hover me over the toilet in public bathrooms. She's like, okay, Anna. Well, I no, it's so it's this ritualistic thing. <laughs> my mother taught me. Her mother taught her. Her sisters taught their daughters. First, when you were too, like you weren't literally tall enough to hover yourself over the seat, she would meticulously come in first, wipe the seat down for me, and then lay strips of toilet paper, four strips of toilet paper on the seat. So her daughter could then care for, she would lower me down and say, don't move, just go, tell me when you're done. And she'd lift me up and then push the paper in. But then it was, as soon as I was tall enough, okay, Anna, you never, ever, ever touch a public toilet seat. You hover over it. Um, right. Okay. So I didn't learn that. I go back and forth. I haven't learned the hovering. <laughs> I haven't learned. But but you clean up afterwards, though, right? Like if you. Well, civilized people do. But you know what? You should. I mean, One should. be like, totally yeah. honest. When you're in a bar and you're a couple drinks in for the night, you're probably mm. not paying attention. And I'm sure I haven't cleaned up after myself every <sighs> single late night that I've had. But it's just, it's that crazy thing, though, too. I mean, I'll go. To, you read the tipping point. And the way New York City subways were cleaned up was whitewashing, essentially, every subway car every night of graffiti until finally the cycle stopped. Because where right. you see graffiti, it's okay to put more graffiti. It's like where you see pee on the seat, it's okay to put more pee on the seat because whatever, it's a zoo anyway, and it's a big mess. So That's it's fascinating. We're, awesome. we're disgusting. No, did we you hear? Did you hear? Did, again, tangents are us. Did you hear that New York is bringing back the old time? subways for christmas for the holidays for the holidays yeah, they're gonna yeah. have is this the first is, or do, do they do this every year sort I of thing because like my know. kids are gonna be coming up and so i'm like i'm dying to take them on this so they can see yeah because i mean i was taking the subway in the 70s so i'm sure those are the sorts i mean i that yeah. was the subway of my youth yeah sort of thing but. uh i'm not sure i don't know if it's this might be the first year but i I, I'm not gonna. I always had this habit of answering like, <laughs> "Yeah, maybe." There's this thing called the internet. <laughs> I, I don't and actually they, they get have to any prove idea. if you're right or not. Yeah. So okay, well, yeah. Again, so this is the sort of stuff people get if uh, when they listen to our podcast. They, yeah. They hear about women's bathrooms and peeing on seats, and then they hear about white noise, sort of thing. <laughs> so you know, we tend to be very, very eclectic here. Um, I'm going to jump to our next section, which is mailbag, and I don't think I've had this for a couple of weeks. 
Um, I but I have no, no, no. That that was more of a rhetorical question. Oh. I, I wasn't actually. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, should I be answering this? Yes, mm. I listened last week. I'm trying to remember if you had mail. Um, but I received two really neat messages. One from an old friend of mine who I haven't talked to in probably 20 years. Oh wow! And uh, and we uh, we connected on on Facebook. And he sent me a note, and I asked him if it was okay for me to uh, talk about this. And he said mm-hmm. yes. So the first line saying, quick private message, I already got clearance to be able to say this. I don't <laughs> like just take every single private conversation. Um, quick private message, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I'm only just starting it, but it means a lot that you did it, and it's something I can relate to a lot. Thank you so much. Still almost entirely in the closet. And so we've been emailing back and forth and it's just, it's, it is, it is gratifying that me sort of blathering on week after week, month after month does mean something to folks because I, and we'll talk about this a little bit in the, in the topic du jour, but you know, I hid this my entire life and this was, I was never, ever going to come out. This was, I was always going to be firmly in the closet. And my T-shirt, you know, today, Impossible Girl. <laughs> Which is um, great. In, and when I finally did come out, and now that I've been out to people for over a year, mm-hmm. I can't imagine living my old life. I can't imagine going back. Uh, and I feel so free, and I feel so happy, and so joyful. And, and so being able to share that with other people, and obviously... You read all the stories, you hear all the stories of folks who are trans and, and the treatment they have is horrible and they can't, they don't have the, the luxuries and the opportunities that I've had and the amazing friends and the amazing experience that I've been able to have. But I'm happy, I'm, I'm thrilled that I can share this with folks that, yeah. you know, there, there is another way. And there is, yes, I've lost friends along the way, more with the whimper than with the bang, <laughs> but I've gained so many reconnections and rekindlings of friendships that, that we've experienced, which carries you through. I mean, it genuinely puts a smile. I, I ran into Anna on the subway yes. uh, earlier this week. Uh, and it was just so weird because I'm sitting there and I just, I'd hopped from the L train and I was whatever the one, NQR, I remember mm-hmm. which one it was. And I'm walking to, you know, to kind of get to the door that you want for mm-hmm. exiting. <laughs> and I turn and I see you from behind. Um, and I, of course, tap you on one shoulder and then peer around the other shoulder. But you know that. <laughs> of course. Like, just instantly. Anyone who does it, this is what's going to happen. Um, and so it was It was so neat. But again, you're, the smile that you have when you greet me has always been warm. But there's a difference now. Yeah. Um, and it sustains you, you know. And there are special people in your life. So, I, I again, just I'm thrilled that. You know, people I know, people I don't know, uh, that that this provides hope, you know, um, that you can do it. Because people who know me, and we'll talk about this, no one, no one, no one suspected that I was transgender. Yeah. Like, no one. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. Hello. Uh, I mean, aside from the long nails, which people assumed <laughs> either played guitar or I did a lot of cocaine, right? Like, those those are kind of the two options, right? Because I am kind of hyper. So, um <laughs> So I received another email, and this it's just so random because you're working, um, and I have my work email and my personal email, the Typing mm-hmm. Monkeys email, and there's, every once in a while, you know, you get, oh, hey, new email, 
And it's like, wait, what's this? Is this spam? Is this someone, is this the prince from Nigeria who keeps trying to reach out to me sort of thing? <laughs> uh, and then you get something and, and I, let me read the one that I got this week. And it's so moving because you're like, you're in a meeting and you're multitasking or whatever. And right. it just sort of, it like a dick pic, it just, it stops you dead <laughs> in your tracks. It just hits you. Sort of thing. But this, this, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike. This is better. Um, dear Dig, I've been listening to your podcast. Well, obviously. And it's really meant a lot to me. I promised myself that I would only email you after I listened to all of your podcasts and I'm finally done. It's been really great listening to you and Dante because you're so funny and authentic. Thank you. Uh, and it's great to listen to in class when you pretend to work. <laughs> so how cool is that, right? Yeah. Um, because knowing you're a real person gives me hope. Hope that doesn't sound too awkward. Since I don't have deep thoughts, like in the other emails you get, I'll get to the point. I'm in high school and I'm sure, and unsure of my gender. I've never told anyone, not directly anyway. It's been hard. And if I feel I really am the other gender, I hope I can transition like you have. Thanks so much for the awesome podcast and what to expect in transitioning. Much love from Paris. Those Brits aren't your only fans. Evelyn. <laughs> And then she has a PS. Here's a picture of that artist throwing water on a cat you talked about. It was on the wall of the Metro Transfer. How random. The Salvador Dali, right? Yeah, yeah. So number one, thank you. When I first started receiving these, I didn't, I got very upset because I was, someone called me their hero and I was so uncomfortable with the concept of me being a hero because I'm not. Oh my gosh. And so that led into a long conversation about how people can do heroic things, Mm -hmm. but the moment you put them on a pedestal, they can only fail you. So the the 9-11 responders, you know, all the different things that sort of went on and the divorces and all those different things. And so they absolutely did heroic actions Mm -hmm. and those should be lauded, but we shouldn't expect more from folks. Yeah. So I finally learned just to say thank you (laughs) um, to people. So Evelyn, thank you so much. What I would like to say is... To your point, since I don't have deep thoughts, your thoughts are deeper than what other people are going through. I mean, you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out who you are, and that's sort of the eternal question. And and for some of us, we have something deeper, right? Of yeah. it, does our body match who we are, or who we think we are, who we believe we are, who we want to be? And so, what you are going through is noble, and no matter how it plays out. This is an amazing intellectual, philosophical, and finally physical, mm-hmm. you know, transformation to go through. So I wish you all the luck. And we've corresponded a little bit by email, you know, and and please continue to reach out to me. I love to hear from folks who are going through similar stuff. I'm thrilled, again, that what I'm talking about has connected with people. I'm also on an egotistical perspective. I like being called funny and being (laughs) called a storyteller. So I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll take that. But, you know, do what is right for you. You know, we can only be who we are. And it took me 48 years to process who I am Mm -hmm. and to be comfortable with it. And I don't have any regrets that it took me this long. Because I have two wonderful kids and I have all these amazing experiences having worked with Anna and all this different stuff that I've done in my life that I'm just so, I've had such a fun life and I'm now living the life I need to live now. Right. So Evelyn, if you do this now, if you do this later, if you never do it, it's what 
makes you happy and what makes you complete and know that whatever choice you make is the right choice for you. But yeah, isn't this kind of cool? Isn't this kind of so cool that we have cool. like, I do a podcast and I get <laughs> so like, cool. I get letters like this that it's just, you know, it's fun. It's, you know, so. Well, you know, I can anticipate immediately the reaction to just going to give me right now. But <laughs> I also just have to say thank you because we did, even going back to the bathroom comment, um, I was at brunch earlier with a bunch of friends and was letting them know, you know, they asked, what are you doing later today? And went through the short story, you know, I'm going to see my friend did. She's in the middle of this amazing transition. And I just have to say thank you because a lot of my friends either haven't known someone close who's had a similar experience or, well, I guess we'll just leave it at that. Some just haven't experienced it before. Um, and my response was, it's amazing. And a little of what we talked about or what you just talked about, it was so interesting the first mm. time we met back up after you had started this transition for a year for whatever reason, like we always got along really well. We always uh, had a great relationship, but instantly there was this different connection um, with a gender similarity. And that was really interesting. But what was so beautiful for me, and this kind of goes back to the beautiful mind wall too. There were (laughs) things about Didge that just drew people to you, have always drawn people to you. And, as has been proven, will continue to. You're just such a positive, optimistic, sincere person, and I appreciate that so much. And it's like, from that perspective, it has nothing to do. I mean, it has everything to do with this transition, but nothing to do with it, too. And I would just say thank you so much for being so sincere and so just genuine all the time, no matter what you're talking about or what you're going through. And the fact that you can talk about how happy and free you are now, and I know that that's a genuine thing. It's so inspiring and so beautiful and infectious to be around. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, it's what's weird for me is as you talked about that and the the way I, people are drawn to me. I grew up with a lot of very smart people. Okay. Um, doctors and lawyers and that sort of stuff. So I. And I went to school with a lot of really smart people and I went to college with people who got perfect scores on SATs and just, you know, and we've worked with a lot of brilliant people. Mm -hmm. And so I've never, literally, literally, I never thought of myself as special. I never thought of myself as smart. I never, I just, I assumed everyone else was the same as me sort of thing. Interesting. And so... When people, I did find people sort of in orbit around me. I, I couldn't, like, this This is a mistake, right? Like <laughs> like Jim, and we'll talk about Jim in, in a moment. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Jim and I, a friend of ours, we both worked at, at AOL. And, and, you know, back in the 90s, you know, getting hired at AOL wasn't incredibly hard. Staying right. employed was incredibly hard because we'd have layoffs, literally. Yeah every six months and they would lay off 20% of the staff. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that. Oh my God. It was, it was insane. It was insane. And I went through, we both went through 11 years of this. Yeah. And so when you've been around for five or six years, in our case is 11, um, you know, you see turnover of 60% of the people who work there because it was, it was actually interesting because we were creating a new, a new business. Like there was no, do you have a degree in the internet? Yeah. It just, 
do you, have you been on the internet? Okay, yeah. how many hours a night? Oh, you spend two hours a night on the internet? Great. Have you ever played D&D? That was literally the types <laughs> of questions that you got asked to get hired, yeah. you know? And yes and yes. Um, and you had to prove yourself every day. Yeah. And I think you probably saw that sort of work ethic that Jim mm-hmm. and I had, and that was part of, of what we got. But he said something one day that, that just was so spot on, was that, you never knew when someone was going to tap you on the shoulder and say, we're on to you. You, you don't actually know what you're doing. <laughs> and because you're constantly inventing new stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, let's do a sponsorship with HP Nobody and we're going to, and doing. you know, branded content and all those different stuff. It just didn't exist. We were inventing all of this stuff. Yeah. And so you never knew if it was the right move, wrong move or whatever, and how long, and how long people would think that you were smart or didn't think you were smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's something that carried with me, frankly, until recently that I just never thought much of myself. I just, I never really did. And and also living in Maryland and living with a community of folks, there are a lot of amazing people I lived with, but mm. there was a lot of people who um, weren't happy for your success. So when I, like, when they found out I was working on Breaking Bad and on Better Call Saul, uh-huh. and it was like, must be nice. <laughs> right? Like it somehow magically falls uh, in your lap, right? Yeah. That, like how you suddenly, yeah. like you're doing something like that, and um, and it's luck. You know, and it's not that I've been busting my tail for four years at AMC doing stuff. Yeah. And they needed someone to work on this project and they needed someone to do here. And I was the person who was, you know, and you never want to be arrogant, right? You never want to, or at least I don't, you don't, of like, be like, oh, and I did this. And oh my God, I did this. And oh my God, I've been very blessed in the life that I've lived. And I've been blessed in the friends that I have. I mean, I'll turn this around and... You know, your face at times is just so genuine and you have such, your eyes, you're happy for me. And I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your (laughs) eyes. And that sustains people through this. And, you know, so to the folks who wrote in and the folks who haven't written in, you will find friends like that. You will find friends who are truly there for you. And if you don't, then move and because they're, they're out there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's New York and it's San Francisco and it's, you know, whatever, but I see people happy for me on the street yeah. now. You know, I see people every once in a while, someone gives you a grin, you That's know, amazing. and it's, and it's just, it just so makes your day. Now, I mean, I have to admit there is the flip side, sure. which is some mornings, you know, you're rushing and you can't seem to get out of the apartment because it's takes longer for me to get out of the apartment now. Like, I used to literally be able to get out of the apartment in 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, well, not the apartment, but in the house. As a yeah. guy, like, it's quick. Like, you're yeah. not, you don't do much. Like, <laughs> yeah. bang, bang, boom, boom, done. You're out the door. <laughs> um, you don't have to worry about, okay, I'm going to throw jeans on. I'm going to throw a shirt. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw a button-down shirt. I may or may not button it. That's really the decision. Am I buttoning my shirt? <laughs> and then you go out the door and you're done. Yeah. But it's like, well, what's the temperature? What should I wear today? Okay, do I want to wear leggings? Do I want to wear a skirt with that? What kind of shoes do I want to wear? Is it going to rain? I don't know. Okay, maybe, okay let me put tinted moisture on. It's just, I mean, it takes me an hour 15 now mm-hmm. because I'm slow. But, like, I'm also, I mean, it's the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. But it's, like, 
so you're I'm constantly running late. I'm constantly running 15 minutes behind. And then the L train, which is like the worst train ever. Have you seen the website, the coolest website ever? Is the L train fucked.com? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Someone shared that with me. And it is the greatest. It says yes or no. That's the only thing it says. And I sometimes think. you just think it's coded to always say yes. But no, that's not the case. It's just always fucked. <laughs> yes. You know, and so you hop on that and, you know, you're trying. So here's the thing. The L train goes across on 14th Street. Most people know the subways that go up and down. Yeah. You know, the 1, 2, 3, the 4, 5, 6, you know, uh, uh, you know, and the L goes across. Mm-hmm. And I think other, what, the S goes across. There's a couple other that goes across. The but seven, but, but the, yeah. L, the L goes across on 14th. And it is jammed. So I hop on at first and mm-hmm. I usually hop off at 5th mm. uh, and catch the NQR going south. Which is where I ran into you. And yeah. so the L will be mobbed. Like you literally can't get on the train. And sometimes three trains will go by before mm-hmm. you can actually get on. And I finally learned the secrets of where you're supposed to stand <laughs> to be able to, because you, you find the cars yeah. where everyone's leaving. Yeah. And you just position yourself and you get on. But sometimes, you know, you're on that train and then you're on the next train and you get a couple looks from people and they're not good looks. They're, it's kind of like disdain. Hmm. Of like, oh, I can't, I can't. It's looks I used to get in the 80s and 90s when I would go out. Huh. Before I really processed yeah. what I was going through. And, and passing was the most important thing in the world to me back then. Yeah. Um, and you get looks of people just of derision, you know. And you get like two of those in the morning and it just, it sours the day. Sure. I mean, it just, even now, it's still, you know, you find yourself, you're cranky and you're, pissed off about this and you're pissed off about that it takes forever to get coffee and yada 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 sort of thing and it just snowballs and it just snowballs so as much as i do talk about how awesome life is and how great this is yeah there are still days where it just what's the old adage it doesn't pay to get up in the morning there are still (laughs) some days where it just it uh it just colors it just colors your whole day so anyway, uh, we are, um, believe it or not, we're an hour in. So, so I'm going to jump into the topic du jour. Perfect. The concept I have this week, this month, however we do this, is uh, I've always told my kids that we are protagonists in our own lives. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is that we see, we read these books, we read James Bond, all these different movies, and we see all these great protagonists. Mm-hmm. We can only see the world through our own eyes. And we're always right. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> Everyone else cut me off. You know, blah, 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 it's never my fault. And so I've tried to show the kids that everyone is viewing the world that way. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks they're the most important person in the world. And they think everything revolves around them. And the more that you can see the world through other people's eyes, the more compassionate you are, the more understanding you are, the more... You try not to push on the subway. The more you let someone cut in line sometimes, mm-hmm. the more you see maybe someone's having a bad day. Yeah. And that's why they hollered at you. Not because I did something, but right. because they're just frustrated. And we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, I was, it was funny. I was, um, when I was commuting weekly up here from Maryland, yeah. uh, I was at a certain point, I started to go to the BWI train stop. Mm. And... I was going, this is, I just was just on a present as female and I was using the men's room still. And mm. so it was, it's a small bathroom and the cleaning crew was there and it was cramped and we tried to get in. And this guy, I think I was coming out and he was coming in and he kind of cut me off and I glared at him and I said, really? 
And he looks at me, he goes, really? And it was like this confrontational sort of moment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whatever, buddy, whatever, <laughs> you know? And so I, I leave and I'm waiting for the train. And he comes three minutes later, mm-hmm. sees me and makes a beeline for me. Ooh. And so, again, I, I used to have testosterone in my body. Yeah. I don't yeah. anymore. Um, so I'm a lot less aggressive. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, buddy, let's see, let's see what you got. Let's yeah. see what you're going to bring, right? Yeah. And he walks over to me, still pissed off. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, let it go, you know? And he walks up to me and he goes, I apologize. Oh, wow. I'm having a bad day. And oh what gosh. I did was inappropriate and I'm sorry. And I'm like, cool. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. No one ever says that. Thank you so much. And you know what? I should have handled it better myself. And we both sort of laughed and he walked and went his own way. And you just, you never see that, right? You always, we always see the bad moments and sometimes, and so that's, that's what I've tried to imbue the kids with is, is to see everyone else's point of view. I try to see yours when I work. I mean, that's something Mm -hmm. that I tried to do. And so anyway, this, again, I ask incredibly, I've asked a 45 minute question once. If you listen to some of the earlier <laughs> podcasts, I literally asked Dante a 45 minute question. So this literally is not the longest question I've ever asked. That's, I guess, my point is I would love to, the people who listen to this podcast know what my point of view is. Mm-hmm. And I've actually told the story of us running into each other at the Randolph yeah. and that evening, but I would love if you're comfortable to, for you to share in a very honest blunt way how you first heard sure and what your range of emotions and what your reaction was and if it was simple and great awesome and if it was complex Mm -hmm. that's awesome too because i have learned that i've had some people not that you would but but i've had some people not react well Uh really not react well really let me have it about this and we are now incredibly close and i've learned you have to give people time yeah. Because this isn't every day. You know, I am the first trans friend of a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the person who has cancer. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I mean, get better? It's terminal cancer. Okay. And people tend to withdraw because they just, they don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. Right? They don't want to use the wrong pronoun in my case or they don't want to. And I'm just like, fuck it. Like, yeah. if you're on my side, I'm going to be able to tell. Yeah. And if you use the wrong words or what, I use the wrong words. You know, I, I'm still learning. So I need to have thick skin about mm-hmm. this stuff. And I need to understand that if someone's heart is in the right place, it, it, that is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Because in the 80s and 90s, this meant I was a freak. This meant I was gay. This meant I was a queen. This meant, well, right. okay, this meant I was a fag. This meant yeah. all the sort of derogatory language. Um, you know, and, and I've been called a freak to my face over the years. I've been called a tranny and I've been called any sort of thing you want to sort of come up with. Yeah. And I've been threatened with violence. And, and so positive responses, I, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And the negative responses, as long as they're not violent, I'm like, okay, that's, you know, like if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. You yeah. know, I'm, it's not going to change who I am. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let me, let me pass the baton, the talking stick for the ab fan, ab figuratively take it. <laughs> ab fab fans out there. Um, yeah, so so many things. Um, yeah, the best way to start, let's just be like, start at the super obvious place. So I found out because I know you went through a period where you were 
coming out to people who you had regular contact with. And we hadn't had regular contact for like four years. So I found out... It was my from, coming out tour. Yeah. Is what I ended up calling it. I mean, I, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. And I would talk, I would come out to like five people in a day as a guy. Like it, it completely... Talk about... Yeah. Whoa. Talk about fatiguing. I can't even imagine. Well, the first day was... Wow. Terrifying. <laughs> I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. And it was the day I came out to Dante. Like that night I came out to Dante. Because I, I couldn't not tell people anymore. Yeah. Like it just got to a point where I couldn't. Like, yeah. But so I found out through a mutual friend. Um, Mike? Or someone else? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From Mike. And Mike found out from Chris. Oh, interesting. I think. Didn't you also meet with Mike though and let him know? No, Mike showed up. Chris, I came out to Chris oh. and then Chris and I would like get together periodically. Yeah. And have drinks. Um, oh, and Chris okay. would ride his, Chris is a mutual friend of ours and he would ride yeah. his bike in the rain mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. and, uh, and show up and, uh, and one day I think he invited Mike huh. and so, okay. and, and he was like, so, and he was so happy for <laughs> me. He was on? so happy for me, but he knew. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to do the spiel with him sort of thing, but yeah. So I think that's partially, he mentioned it to me often. I don't remember where, I don't remember the context, but it was like, yeah, Didge is in the process of becoming a woman. And my immediate reaction was like, <laughs> okay. It, it, obviously people are listening, so they can't see my mocking look of confusion. No, no, no. Those, those who are subscribing so to the video are, podcast. Some are seeing yes, a video. Yeah, um, but I was like, oh, huh. Well, okay. I get great. And it was kind of like, you take it in. I didn't expect it. Uh, but it was also like, okay, something, a decision you made in your life, moving on. This is kind of how, how reality is. And I feel like I don't have this huge, like it wasn't a huge revelation. It wasn't partially because I'm a narcissistic New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) Most important thing in the world is me. So when I hear something about the people around me, I'm like, oh, good for you. Let's move on. But I think that, I mean, I joke being a narcissistic New Yorker, but it's also a lot of what we've just been talking about. Um, I've done a lot of work personally on exactly what you just said. And for years, I've been trying really hard to have a lot of empathy and look at things from other people's perspective and disassociate myself, not disassociating, but just not have quite the emotional attachment to everything around me, which I think is part of just maturing and getting older and growing up. But it's also um, like not holding up, not, not taking things personally that have nothing to do with me, you know? So just because someone is choosing something, you know, kind of similarly to someone might have a bad day and so react to you violently. Someone might make a personal decision in their life that has nothing to do with me and it's your prerogative and what you're doing. So it's funny. It's funny that you say that Dante was the one who taught me. I used to get offended when people looked at me or, or gave me that sort of look, but he taught me that, that instead of getting upset at how people are treating me Mm -hmm. and that they're somehow judging me that I need to pause and say, what is the best reading of this situation? Maybe this person is having, to your point, maybe this person is having a bad day, right? Maybe this person is interpreting this in a different way than I think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because someone shoots me a look doesn't mean that it's about me being transgender. It may just be that they're just pissed off in general. Mm -hmm. And And that's something that's helped a lot as I look at things of like, is it... now? You know, I, I have been called freak since I've moved to New York. I've been 
like that's a man sort of line yeah and so i i've Who had are, like what's wrong my thing what's wrong not wrong because i won't even make that judgment but what's happening in those people's lives that they would react like that to a human being who they don't know who they've never seen before yeah like what is going look, on in your I, head? I, I'm, I'm not going to defend the people who do this but yeah. you do try to take the best angle on it and you yeah. try not to take it personally because we have to let go of things or it ruins our lives yeah and that's why i try to stay focused on the positive and it's why i try to stay focused on I think so. So let me actually toss this back. So, so mm-hmm. to you because this actually talks about when we first saw each other. So I, I'm going to guess you heard the news. Hey, good for you, sort of thing. Yeah. And kind of on some level forgotten. Oh, like, for sure. like just kind of like you know, I'm a narcissist. I'm a New York narcissist, <laughs> and I'm going to go not on with my own vicinity, life. Not in my vicinity. Not. We'll archive this. So we had a friend of ours, Jim, actually was in town from LA, and he goes, "Hey, we should." We should get together, uh-huh. um, and we went to the Randolph, which is yeah. our old, our old haunts. Did you know I was going to be there? No, although I guess I well, no, not at all. And I guess I because I didn't have know who would be it. there. I didn't know who. I just knew that a bunch of people had been invited, yeah. and I didn't know who was going to show up. Well, I also did not know that you had moved to New York at that point. And I mean, we had lost touch yeah. over the years, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. Even, I didn't know you were spending yeah. a lot of time here. All that stuff. So. I assumed, I knew Joe and Mike would be there. Uh, she could have assumed Chris didn't even, th- like, I honestly yeah. didn't really, also disassociated, didn't really think about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, good. Jim's coming in town. Totally. We'll go. So had no idea that you would be there. And I mean, for most people listening, you probably already heard the story, but I walk in and it's all of our old friends. Well, for me, this is Rashomon. See, I love, because I want to hear your version of this. Yeah, yeah. Because again, we all view it through our own eyes. But But so I walked in and also like a personal anecdote, I should wear glasses all the time, but don't. So a part of the... I thought it was the bar lighting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. But it's it's such a ridiculous thing, but I just don't. I don't like making the commitment to wear glasses. But so that aside, it means that I see people closer to me more quickly and recognize people who are closer to me more quickly. And it does impact the way I interact with people in groups like that. So I walk into the bar and I always just kind of do a quick scan and pick out the first person who pops that I know, like the first person who looks familiar. So I did that and it was, I think it was Mike because I know Mike and I hang out all the time. So, you know, went there first, like, oh, hey, Mike, how's it going? And it's so funny because it's totally like if I pick one person, I can beeline and then I can like sort of survey the situation a little closer. But so survey looked around and it was a couple of faces that I knew and, you know, people that I love and have been around for a while. And then I saw this woman sitting at the bar who I was like, oh, only face that I don't know. Only per- like, where did this person come? Maybe it's an old AOL person. I don't know. So I went through the process and said hi to everyone I recognized. And then I was like, okay, well, nobody's introduced me to this woman yet. That's kind of weird. Because I did think that. I was like, well, I would have assumed somebody else knew you because you were sitting there with everyone. So I mean, I always take it upon myself. Okay, I'm going to introduce myself then. And... Didge looks at me and says, it's Didge. And I, it's a little loud in the bar, but I had never expected that. So I literally was like, what? And then you said, it's Didge. And I think I still didn't quite hear, but something clicked. I was like, oh, that's right. Didge is transitioning into a woman. 
oh my God, this is Didge. And it just was like this amazing moment. I think I was so excited too because I didn't recognize oh, you. Oh, I saw and it in your face. I mean, that's I why just like it exploded. Was... It was so, yeah. it was so cool. And so I give Didge this big hug. And I was like, oh my God, you look amazing because you do. But yeah, it was really interesting. And I think what I love and... I mentioned this earlier, but was telling my friends earlier today that that night, the first night that we met again, it was just so different. The things that we had in common on top of already just getting along well, yeah. it was super interesting because I feel like we got along, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sought you out as a man to hang out with and be a really right. close friend. Well, see, but... this, this is what's interesting. And this is what I've cherished in my experience is that guys um, from a date, from a, from a cross-gender perspective, mm-hmm. women should not trust guys because guys are always seem to somehow like, yeah, I'd sleep with her if the, you know, if the lighting were right or if the right. situation were right <laughs> sort of thing. And so I ran into this where, you know, I knew there was something different about me and I wanted to hang out with women more and I wanted yeah. to understand more. So I'd say, hey, do you want to go and grab a drink? And it's like, no, I have a boyfriend. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean like that. I just yeah. like, I find you fascinating. I'd like to, you want to grab a drink. No, I have a boyfriend. And I'm yeah. like, it was just the sort of Charlie Brown sort of hit my head against the wall. Like, no, this isn't what I'm saying. So, yeah. uh, yes, there was that. And now that I've come out as transgender, it's suddenly like the, oh, 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 yes, <laughs> let's totally grab drinks. Like, let's, and, <laughs> yeah. and what's funny is, though, is like, as I like to joke, I'm a lesbian trapped in a man's body. <laughs> it, even though I say that, it doesn't matter because there's also a trust that I would never violate. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, and and that's that's a pathway I want that I would love to understand at some point of of someone who is a lesbian in in a group who comes out as a lesbian. Does it is there a different dynamic mm-hmm. that goes on because I haven't tried to hit on anyone. Even if I'm interested, I don't like, it just seems like I'm violating a trust, right? That there's like, that we are being friends on a, on a quantum level mm-hmm. and you can't possibly take advantage of that, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Um, so yes, it, we had a, it was, um, I had a, a, a delightful time. But, and, but from my <laughs> perspective, it was funny because I saw all of this as you described. Yeah. Um, almost exactly the same because it was like, I, you saw Mike, and then and there was just sort of the oh these are people I know yeah. a lot know really well so yeah. I can just be like hey hey how you doing and then the oh my god I haven't seen you and and I saw you sort of go and I was like <laughs> I don't think she recognizes me because if she did I think she would stop dead in her tracks and say something yeah and so I just decided I'm just gonna see how this plays out right <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy it later. I'm just gonna enjoy it instead of the like Anna hello hello. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and um, and so it was delightful. It was, and I saw the joy. I saw the recognition in because it was exactly as you said. I was like, "It's Didge," and you're like, oh my God. "You're like, I'm sorry, excuse me," <laughs> and I'm like, "Didge," and you're like, and so I saw the light. But again, it's the eyes, the way your eyes are now. It's just this joy and happiness, which is you can't fake, and it just it it lifts me up and it makes me thrilled. You know, and that's the part of this transition I never expected. 
I never expected to see how people responded this way. Yeah. And the joy and the, like, good for you that you are putting yourself out there, good or bad, you're just, you're kind of putting yourself out there in a way that, that we all kind of would like to. And for me, I, I, I kind of don't have a choice, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's why I don't feel brave. I don't feel this. I don't feel that because it's just like, this is who I am and I can't possibly go back. And I feel free that I've made this decision. But what I found what was fascinating was by the end of that evening, there was, I think, one or two other women there. And usually I was talking, I'd be chatting with the guys by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And we'd be chatting fantasy football, we'd be talking about this, talking about that. And for whatever reason, I mean, I know what the reason is, but all the guys were chatting. Yeah. And I wasn't a part of that, even though those people hadn't seen me in, in a year or hadn't seen me post-transition. It was just the sort of like, we've segregated off in a two packs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the awkward situation where one of the guys there, I'll, I'll put it that way, um, and I've talked about this before, but one of the guys there um, uh, gave me a hug and jokingly grabbed my ass. Mm-hmm. Of like, hey, you're a chick now, so let me make you feel welcome. And the, hey, <laughs> what, let's... What a nice way of putting right? it. Right? <laughs> you know, and you like, welcome. hey, let's check out your boobs sort of thing. And <laughs> and it was it was funny because I, I, I said something at the time. I'm like, well, that's awkward. Like, that's <laughs> like, really? You, did you really just do that? Is that, you think that's okay? And I've had other, I've had guys I know defend this action. Like, well, oh, yeah. it's just that person, you know, sort of thing. And I'm like, it's not. And I remember I looked at you when it happened, and you're just like, welcome to the club. Yeah. Sort of thing. And it's this, I didn't understand when women talked about sexism. Hmm. I didn't I didn't understand it because I didn't see it. And, and what I can say from the flip side is I don't think it's intentional. I mean, I'm not, some is. Some is, obviously. But it's not... It's not intentional and it's not understood. Mm-hmm. And it is so, you know, I like to see once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. And yeah. that's what happened to me a year ago. I couldn't unsee that this is, in fact, who I am and, and, my, and my experience. Um, yeah, I see this. I see it all the time. I, and in small ways. It's just, it's either I'm interested in you and I'm going to treat I'm going to treat you in a different way because I'm interested in you. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not interested in you and I'm going to ignore you. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, it's odd. It's odd because that's not the way I was raised. It's not the way my family is. My family has always, always treated people based on 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 their talent, on their ability, on, on the character of their person, yeah. right? And not and not on who they were on the outside. Like that was always something that, that, you know. And so from a family perspective, it's weird because I sit there and I'm like, no, well, I wasn't, but I wasn't raised with this. Right. So I'm curious, did you see that? I mean, from that evening that I was suddenly almost moved physically into a, into a different group? Yes, I don't want to overstate no. it. No, right? for sure. But, well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm considering too. Cause it's, I mean, there's also a mix of, we just like commandeered each other that night too. <laughs> You know, because all of a sudden we were super chatty and we were catching up and we had all these things to share. So I think there's an element of that as well. But it's also, yeah, it's like the guys hadn't seen each other, been in a group in a long time. So the guys are being the guys. And I'm not a guy anymore. 
No. No, I mean, it's funny. It's like even, and on some level, sometimes when I get talked over, I was actually, I was literally in a meeting at work. This was months ago where I said something during a meeting Mm -hmm. and one guy was a little more senior was like, I totally disagree with that. Blah, 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 blah. And then like 20 minutes later, more people joined and he repeated what I said as his idea. And so we use Slack as yeah. a as a tool, you know, uh, which is a, it's like a instant messaging business communication tool. Um, and so I slacked someone who was who was in there who was sitting behind the person. I'm like, did that just happen? Mm-hmm. They're like, that just happened. And I'm like, part of me was horrified, and part of me was like, I'm being treated like a woman. How successful I look at me be successful and successfully transition because. But here's you my know, devil's advocate, and this is where we will get into this more and more with every passing week that we're friends. I am super sensitive about the feminist agenda from the perspective of, I feel like the same way that you can encourage unequal treatment and mistreatment by turning a blind eye to it. You can also encourage it and shine a light on it by being way too far on the other end of the spectrum. Yes. And I would say immediately my reaction to that would be, that guy could just be a narcissist. He could have done that to a man too. He could have done that to anyone who he saw as his lesser. And that just might be him. You know, it's right. not and, necessarily and I, I because... I completely agree with you. I, yeah. And I'm thrilled that you say that because I felt about that. I mean, it, again, hopefully you'll be on more frequently and we'll be able to continue having these sort of conversations because I don't want to do a four-hour podcast tonight. <laughs> um, but within the transgender rights movement, there's there's been a lot of great work done, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great stuff... Um, and they've made amazing advances mm-hmm. for the transgender cause, but there is a sensitivity, thin skinness, mm-hmm. a going after issues that I don't think are the issues we should be going after. Yeah. And so I agree with you. I agree with you that we shouldn't be standing up and screaming. Yeah. You know, it's sexism, it's transphobia, when it could be something else. It could just be plain old ignorance, which but, isn't necessarily right, any better. But to that point, the only description of me. Mm-hmm. has been, I think on this podcast, has been through the eyes of Dante, oh. who is my offspring. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So can would you mind briefly, might not be briefly because that's not our nature, um, <laughs> talk a little bit about who I was before. Yes. Because I don't think that person was easily, that was not a situation that I ever have found myself in. Yeah, I would love to. Right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, I'm going to do a little bit of stream of consciousness here. Um, I met... As the cat stretches. That was that was perfect. The cat <laughs> is now hanging out. Yeah. Um, I met Didge, and we talked a lot about natural lighting versus uh, indoor lighting, I think, earlier tonight. But met Didge in this perfectly naturally lit loft in Soho with all these dudes around. And Didge was just one more dude who was coming in. Um, Didge always wore black sneakers, just like nondescript kind of dad jeans. Um, oftentimes a short sleeve collared shirt, unbuttoned, usually of like some Long kind sleeve of rolled up. Japanese I... anime theme. Yes. Often. Yes. <laughs> yep. No, I just want to clarify though. I didn't own any short sleeve. I always wore long sleeve shirts and I rolled up the sleeves. Okay. Then I am morphing in memory. But so, but no, no, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. I just like, just want to. Yeah. I don't know why for some reason that's like, no, I didn't short sleeve. Oh my God. I've never, no, I'm with you. What sort of. Huh. <laughs> that is something right? you would have yeah. stepped away from. 
Um, always hair back and ponytail. Yeah. Hair back, right? Yeah. yeah. Ponytail hair back. And the reason I am describing this way is not because I think the clothing someone wears is the most important <laughs> thing, but it's literally like, okay, let me describe Didge from the feet up first, because I think the most important part is definitely how you, how you behaved, how you attracted people to you, what your personality was, and that's the top, right? So that's the face, and that's the eyes, and the smile, and the way you would talk to people. So with all of that physical description done, um, you were just... Like, I think most people in the office, big personality, um, big, very quirky personality. Like, you (laughs) kind of, I think the reason you're so good at what you do and are an amazing producer, project manager, whatever label you want to put on it, but you get shit done because you have this crazy focus and just passion that can be focused into something that is not linear by any stretch, but your ability to pinpoint something and then go after it is awesome. And that was what I always got from you as a man, um, you just were super interesting. You were really good at following through with things, but you, it was food and it was <laughs> your kids and uh, cartoons and your work. And you had these passions that you would talk about with this um, magnetism and intensity. And like, <laughs> yes, of course, some people are going to be like, oh, whatever, that's boring. But I was always so interested because I love learning new things. So every time I talked to you, it would be learning a new thing. And sometimes I was kind of like, okay, you're getting really far down the cartoon <laughs> path now. I'm not sure that I'm into it, but I'm going to hold on. I'm going to see where this goes. Um, but that was always great. But what's so interesting is I will say that, especially compared to a lot of the guys in that office, I would have considered you, or I did perceive you as much more asexual than this overbearing male presence. Hmm. And that's not... That's fascinating. Not to say that I ever would have expected that you would start down this path, but... And I don't know if it's also because there were such strong... Um, aggressive, kind of stereotypically aggressive male presence. Yeah. They're not toward me yeah. um, by any stretch because I very much was the mom of the office and treated that way. So nothing inappropriate. And I don't know if it was a respected and neutrality thing in the way that you just approached people and you didn't treat people differently. But it was always just like, oh, it's Stitch. And that was it. Like it's of, you know, you, you know those people in your life who are just them and there aren't necessarily outside things that you attach to them and it's how I felt about you. See, it's fascinating because as I started this transition, because obviously I've thought about this most of my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the longest time, what was wrong with me? That was the first instance of it. But when I started to think, probably about two years ago, of like, is this possible? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you actually want? And I started thinking about this a lot. Because, again, you know, I was divorced. So one kid in college, the other kid, you know, in high school. So I got a lot of evenings alone, you know, Mm -hmm. to think about this sort of stuff. And I, um, wow, I don't think I've ever talked about this. See, this is why I love these conversations. Because I have flashes of memories that I get to talk about. I get off on a tangent. But in my closet, so I I had a master bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just fine. And I had one wall. was beautiful mind. Like yeah. three stories high, sheets yeah. of paper sort of thing, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, wall of comic books sort of thing. So, you know, uh, chick magnet sort of, sort of room. <laughs> and I, I, had, I had a closet and a door. <laughs> and um, 
and it had a light inside the closet. So I could go in the closet, close the door, hmm. and I could put a beautiful mind sheet of paper up. And yeah. no one knew that piece of paper existed. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I would write down my thoughts about who I was. And that if I did the craziest thing imaginable and decided to transition, mm-hmm. who would I be? Because I couldn't process it. I was so schizophrenic in what I was doing. I was so split personality, yeah. probably more accurately, that there was Didge and Didge was male and that was dad and all these different things. And there was this other part of me and um, who I had labeled Jenny. That was sort of the name uh-huh. that I had gone with an eye, Jenny with an eye, uh-huh. a little heart in the um, <laughs> and, and it's why I, I can't change my name because I, I have to be who I am. Yeah. And so I was struggling with this is, am I Jenny and is Jenny somebody else? And, and I literally, and you were, you will appreciate this because I was writing lists. Yeah. What does Jenny like? Okay. Well, I can still read mysteries, right? You know, I can't watch football. And I was like, all these things that I couldn't do because that's not what Jenny was. Yeah. Right? Because I had to get, I had to eliminate the masculine. Right? And it, and, and it was so inauthentic. It was so not real. It was so fantasy world. Yeah. And at a certain point, that wall broke. And I realized I I can't use that name Mm -hmm. and I can't because it represents a false path that I was considering and I had to be authentic right and I had to be who I am and I had to still be Didge right I still had to be the same person and that's why I like my voice which is something we'll talk about in a later podcast I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my voice because it is the most masculine nature of me and it does still have people say, sir, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's yeah. still that sort of, it's a trigger for people that's masculine, that's very masculine. Mm-hmm. So I need to figure out what I'm doing with it because I don't want to be inauthentic. I don't want yeah. one of those horrible parody female voices. Like, yeah. that would be the worst thing in the world, yeah. right? But I want I want to understand my voice. So that's one of my future path things. But because I haven't changed my name, I think people are still struggling sometimes with my gender. In terms of using the correct pronouns, because I'm still Didge. Yeah. Right? And Didge is almost to your point, not a gender. Yeah. Didge is a yeah. presence, right? Didge yeah. is a presence. <laughs> and on some level it's made this transition easier mm-hmm. because people don't didn't think of me necessarily as male either, right? And so they don't and I sort of I think I was talking to Dante one night and I I realized because I don't date. Like I just that's that's an entire part of my life that at some point I'm going to try to figure out and I've tried and I've just failed miserably and I just emotionally can't sort of do that Um, right now welcome to the club sort of thing (laughs) well I know but my body doesn't match my 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 mind and so when I try to go down that path it's just that contradiction has surfaced so demonstrably to me that it's crippling and I'm just like, okay, so I can't, okay, so <laughs> let yeah. me, let me not worry about that. Let me not well, do I mean, correct. I hear you. I hear it's you. It's hard but it's enough the same. on its own. Right. And then yes. you add that on top of it. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, 
God, and now it's, I guess it's, it's, it's my turn to, to lose my train of thought. But I had a great point I was going to make. It was going to be brilliant. And if I've lost it, for those of you listening, it was going to be fantastic <laughs> and brilliant. But yeah, I've completely, I've completely been derailed. Um, I'm sure like at dinner tonight, I'll be like, oh my God, this was the most awesome thing. Let me, let's the awkwardly dub back. this, let's awkwardly dub this thing back in. Um, but I, I, I think somewhere in there was, again, it, it's holding on to authenticity mm-hmm. is, is what's most important to me in this journey. Mm-hmm. And it means that I'm transgender, even though like I'm legally female and how yeah. awesome is that? But I was talking to one of our mutual friends and, and he made a comment to me about the hair bands that I have on my wrist and that I started wearing, this was sort of my first demonstration of who I was. Okay. This is the first, like I couldn't dress the way I wanted to, but this, this was my first, again, people on the video podcast can see it, uh, but colorful hair bands on my wrist. And, and so a friend of mine said that you it makes, as much as I like it, it makes your hand look masculine because it it it, it narrows your wrist, wrist. and yeah. so it makes your hand look bigger. So I know you like it, but just so you know, like if you're trying to cut angles, percentages, et cetera, you probably shouldn't wear it. And I looked at him and I said, well, thank you. Number one, thank you. But yeah. I'm not trying to pass. Like that's no longer important. It used to be. That That's... was the only thing that was important to me was that I was perceived as female. Yeah. Because that was the only way that my mind could process it. Yeah. And now, yes, I do feel, and again, this is an entire podcast in and of itself, but I do feel female. But that's good enough for me. You know? Is... And if people view me as transgender, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Why? Because every time I get confused for being female, Go team. So when you yeah. read me as female, it was just like that made my fucking weak. Yeah. As opposed <laughs> to, oh, I got read again. Oh, I got read again. Yeah. You know? Well, that's fascinating to me because even today, so I remember, I think it was that first night that we met again, you were talking about your wardrobe and deciding what to buy. <laughs> how superficial, but yes. Well, no. <laughs> Please. I mean, it's how, it's. You know, seventy-five uh, percent of what right. someone sees the first yes. time they see you. But yep. you were talking about um, professional clothing. So, like, if you go to a meeting with the C-suite, what do you wear? And I just remember mentioning, oh, you know, what's super simple right now? You can buy just a nice, really well-designed, well-cut, but very simple white shirt, like white blouse. And you said, oh, I can't actually do that because the collar brings out my masculinity more. And it's, I'd rather go the other way first. And I was thinking about that today walking down the street because video podcasts can see I'm in (laughs) black, like sweatpants, sneakers, a black sweater. I had this boxy coat on. And recently for me, I've been dressing like, I don't know, the whole street style New York thing, like nothing feminine at all. Uh, I'm wearing a watch. That's it. Very little makeup, no earrings, all this stuff. But, um, I look very female, so I can do that. And it's still like people can whatever, have all kinds of interpretations of that. And I'm like, huh, what a crazy place to be in and what an immediately super interesting way to think about gender because like, I have the freedom because I was biologically born female and look that way that I can dress totally, like I could wear my brother's clothing and it could be a fashion statement and that's fine and right. I don't have to think twice about it. But it's 
yeah, I don't know. I'm not really going anywhere specific with this, I guess. But that was, I had that thought walking down the street today. I was like, huh. Right. I get to do this and not think twice, but maybe Ditch can't. Well, I I am getting more and more comfort. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have thrown, I threw out a blouse that I wore yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because it, the it was a black v-neck sweater and the sleeves were a little puffy. And it just, it. It made me look as using hyperbole. It made me look linebackerish. Okay. Um, and it just was. It wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. It was, but it, it didn't quite work. And I'm like, okay, I, I can't wear that. So I've understood. I understand. I need to wear fitted. Mm-hmm. Um, I am more caught up in my shoulders and my arms yeah. than other people are, and they're like, no, 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 no you look really nice because I've lost muscle mass. Yeah. So my shoulders, I don't think, are too bad. But, like, the T-shirt I'm wearing now, I usually don't... Like, I usually wear something with it. It's just I have to turn the air conditioning off while we do the podcast. <laughs> so otherwise, I'm, I'm going to start to melt here. Uh, but, yeah, I'm learning V-necks work well. And so I'm learning the clothes that, that um, flatter me. Mm-hmm. And I know I have good legs. So I know while I don't want to wear tights or I don't want to wear stockings or things like that. I do wear leggings a lot. Yeah. So when we went, ran into each other, I think I was wearing leggings you and like boots and, and shoes and a and, great short skirt. You and a amazing. Skirt. Yeah. And so like I've, people at work joke that that's sort of my go-to look is black leggings with boots, like a low heel, mm-hmm. but like maybe a two inch heel sort of thing. And then a short skirt, because I'm wearing leggings, I can get away with it sort of thing. And so yeah. different colors, and I, I think it was a blue that I was wearing. And, you know, I usually wear some sort of V-neck short sleeve. I do do short sleeve or long sleeve now. And I just got a really, I got an awesome purple vest, nice. uh, which is fantastic. Like the, the puffy sort of thing. Oh, I look yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And then I got a Madewell jacket, which was, I think it was, mm. it was like a hunter green, dark green sort of thing uh, without a di- diagonal um, yeah. thing. And and I'm getting, like, my hair. My hair is a little, you know, frizzy and curly, and that's sort of the look um, that I go with. But, yeah, it's, I'm happy with who I am. And part of that is the happiness yeah. that I show yeah. uh, radiates. And I can tell that when I'm cranky and stressed and all these different things, I, I read more masculine. And that's what I'm trying to figure out now is what huh. parts of me read as masculine. Mm-hmm. Because I'm definitely transgender. I mean, I'm definitely transgender. Mm-hmm. And on good days, I get read as female. Yeah. And on bad days, I get read as transgender. So I'll take that. But it's still fascinating that it is my mood and whether I'm smiling and whether I'm upbeat and my eyes are bright tends to impact how people read me more than anything else. And that is an amazing discovery. It's right? Really because it's about who you are on the inside, right? Not about who you are on the outside. And that's why I don't want to wear heavy makeup and I don't want to wear, like, I'm developing my style, right? Mm-hmm. I have that sort of like, okay, well, that's Stitch's style. That's Stitch's look. I'm going to kind of wear the flower skirt or some sort of design and yeah. and you're going to go with purples and, oh, you got another purple thing. Good for you. You got another purple thing. <laughs> um, and that, and that has been, that's been joyful. So... Um, so we're actually at the, yeah, and I apologize to people who are perhaps approaching the two hour mark on this, but it doesn't feel like two hours, does it? No, it no, it's just like, it feels like five minutes. So thank you. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank and I, and Dish. I hope, I hope you had a great time. I had a fantastic time. Um, <laughs> really? So, um, thanks for the audience as always for listening. 
uh, and, uh, and check out uh, our website, adventuresintransgendering.com, right? Uh, we are on iTunes. So those of you who are enjoying the podcast and haven't left a review, please do. It means a lot. Um, not only for our egos here um, to <laughs> sort of know that, that people enjoy it, but it also helps us to get higher up on the list and more and more people get to get to hear from us. Um, Facebook.com slash Typing Monquette. Please go there. You'll see photos of what I look like because our logo on the podcast is a, uh, is a uh, hourglass. So, um, so if you want to see what I look like, like the page uh, and, uh, and leave a kind comment. And as always, uh, email me at dig at typing monkeys. Uh, and I guess we will, Dante will be playing us out with his awesome music. Yes. And hopefully the next <laughs> podcast we will, or at least in December, um, I hope to get Dante here for the holidays and have him talk about this and have him talk about his adventures at Micah. Uh, so with that, I've been...